0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. How Are you guys doing today? Yes. Did you guys come expecting, or did you just come to try and stay warm? Yeah. <laughs> My beloved dog got up at three o'clock in the morning last night, and uh, I come walking out in the living room and I hear this tick 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 on the windows. I'm like, "What on earth?" is that and then I opened up the door and realized it was snow <laughs> you know it's, it's like I was talking to Scott Scott, before the service I'm like you know I thought there were four seasons not two <laughs> summer winter you know what I mean it's like come on you know anybody else feel that way or you guys really don't care you just really came to hear the word okay we'll get right into it so well, hey, you know, as Pastor Mike said, uh, I just want to uh, thank you guys for um, your generosity because your generosity matters. It counts. And uh, we are a church that does not sow sparingly. We, we sow bountifully. We sow a lot. And uh, this week, we, uh, we, as a church family, uh, gave into... Um, Remnant Church in Council Bluffs Uh, Remnant Church has I think three houses now that they use uh, to work with guys that are coming out of prison and I was talking with Chris Campbell, many of you guys know Chris Campbell he was here for years and uh, uh, they actually brought 22 guys out to our men's group here on Monday night and uh, God's at work in in that ministry in Council Bluffs and Chad and Chris and the other leaders that are part of that, that organization are doing a good work not a good work they're doing a great work and uh, so you know as I talked to him and, and just listen to his heart I listened to what they were doing I just thought you know um, we've got money that, that comes in and we need to sow into this uh, uh, this organization and so we took four thousand dollars and we sent it to him this week basically to help pay for the mortgage on these houses because you know as they get these things paid off then they can have more houses they can have more guys they can they can do more work, and uh, and so we as a church, you as a church, uh, sewed into that. And so uh, I just want to let you know how much I appreciate your giving. Yeah, yeah, give them a hand. Give, give, you know, because. Because it's like Pastor said, I mean, we can we can hold to ourselves and, and not be generous or we can be generous people who are making an influence in this earth, in this region. You know, um, another thing that we did this week also is many of you guys were here for Faith Life Conference and uh, John uh, can' he he grew up in Colombia, uh, but now he's down back down in Colombia, and we partnered together with his his organization I Am Help, and uh, uh, we begin supporting them on a monthly basis, and so you'll begin you'll begin to see more of the the videos and things like that 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 they're they're doing. What I like about him is is it's not. It's not just John that we're investing in, and him and his wife and their ministry, but they are dispersing you know, it's like I'm getting more I'm getting more bang for the buck because he's taking that that resource and he's and he's sending it out to other missionaries, people that we don't know. He's he's you know, I mean, the week that he was leaving, he was going back to the Amazon jungle. And so he's coming into contact with people that they're not well known. They don't have a media account, they're not on Instagram, man, they're out in the middle of nowhere trying to get the job done. And so what's cool about it is is that John comes into contact with these people. He understands that they're doing a good work. And so he teams up with them, he helps them, he resources them, and then uh, we get to see the the fruit of of our, our investment into the kingdom of God, amen? So I don't know about you, but but that's what I wanna be a part of. I wanna be a part of ministries and, and, and uh, people that are investing in the kingdom of God, growing the kingdom of God, amen? And so we're gonna continue to do that and uh, um, be a blessing in this earth, amen? That's right. Amen, well hey, uh, did you guys grab some notes on your way in here? How many of you guys are cold? <laughs> it's freezing in here. <laughs> Is it freezing in here or is it just me? Okay, it's just me. Okay. All right, I'm getting a lot of of stones cast at me, so we're just going to move on. And, uh, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, um, we started a a series called Different When. Different When. And uh, we started talking about this idea of how we think. Not what we think, but how we think. Now, since... We did that two weeks ago. How many of you guys have got it all together when it comes to your thinking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I got one. One person out of all of us, so, so that's okay because then today's message is applicable to all of us. And uh, uh, I'm just joking, but you know, uh, the thing is is that our thinking always has to be renewed. Does his word not tell us to renew our mind? Renew our mind, renew our mind, why? Because our thinking will get us in trouble. How we think will absolutely uh, get us in trouble, and so I wanna talk again today about that. Some of some of what it is that I'm sharing may b- ring a bell to uh, an illusion of what we talked about a couple weeks ago, but I believe it'll be a blessing, amen? And so let's just pray over this time because we want his word to uh, open up our, our hearts and our minds, and so if you're your spouse is sitting next to you and you haven't held hands in a while grab your your wife's hand and let's pray father we come before you today and we just thank you father for this time that we have together just to look at your word i just pray father god for each and every person that's in here and each and every person that's watching online and god i just ask you to open up our eyes flood our hearts father with your revelation in jesus name amen amen well hey um you know uh, a couple weeks ago, we started this thing talking about what, what to think. Actually, we were talking about how to think, you know, and what to think is good, right? Because we know that the Bible tells us that without knowledge, we're destroyed, without, a, you know, a vision and without knowledge, we're destroyed. But, but Proverbs 23, 7 says that how a person thinks is who they will become. How we think how we think on a consistent basis is what it is that we are going to become you know um, we switched we switched sports will was in football that 's over with thank god because it 's way too cold outside and uh, we 're now in a warm gym uh, but this is will 's first year this is will 's first year playing basketball, and so it 's been interesting because he only went to two two practices before his first game. And, uh, and so when they were at practice, the coaches, they're great coaches, and they're going through a lot of what? Like, here's what you do. Here's, you know, this is what you do here. This is what you do here. This is what you do on an inbounds play. This is what you do when we're on offense. This is what you do when the basketball goes up. And so there was a lot of information and there was only two two uh, uh, practices. And so uh, his first game was this week and man, he was nervous. He was nervous. And so my wife calls me. She's like, hey, is there any way you could come home and maybe go through a few of these things with him before we go to this first game? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I come home and, and uh, I get well. Out there, and I put some pumpkins on the ground so that he knows what is going on and what where people are going to stand. That pumpkin's that guy, and that pumpkin's that guy. And I began to show him what. You know, I, I rehearsed the what, the information. And then I showed him the how, okay? This is how you, how you do it, how you interact. And he's like, okay, I'm good, you know? And so we drive to Gunwood and we get, we get there and, and he gets his new uniform on, he looks amazing, you know? And then he goes down and he sits with all his, all his friends and I kind of I do one of these and I look, look down the way at him and he's, he's oblivious. I mean, his, the other, there's two teams and the other team's out there playing, and he's just playing and having a big time and he's not having, he doesn't have a care in the world. And I just kind of leaned forward and I looked down there and I, I, I said to Rachel, I said, I think I'm gonna go down there. And so I, I went down there and I grabbed him and I took him off the bench and I sat him down on the ground. And I said, okay, Will, let's talk. Let's, I want you to watch what is going on here. Here is what is going on on this court this, this is you know here's this is the defensive end this is the awesome offensive end but here is how you operate within this game you know so I took the opportunity to show him how and I believe that that that, that our heavenly father is the same way he, he you know we've been taught and taught and taught and we have information and information and information we know the what of it but what about the how? How does this work? How does this work in my life? I believe that our Heavenly Father wants us to, to, to have the how and, and, and to operate in the how. Because James one twenty two says it this way. Uh, Don't just listen to the word of God. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're just fooling yourself. And I think another way that you could, you could say that verse is, is, is don't just listen to what God says. You must think how he tells you to think. You must think how he tells you to think. Otherwise, you're just fooling yourself. And, uh, and so my question to you today is, is, are you fooling yourself? Do you know what the Bible has to say, but you fail to? to implement how it works. You know, and and sometimes, I don't know if you've ever asked this question, or maybe it's just me, why is this not working? Has anybody in here ever asked that question? In your life, and in in living life, and and, uh, the walk of faith, and maybe what you're believing God for, or or trusting him in, and it's like, why? Why is this not working, you know? And uh, you know, I think that as a man, maybe men ask this question more often, than than women, I don't know, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I ask myself that question, you know, why is this not working? Because as a man, sometimes, you know, my kids are getting older and I've kind of moved out of that stage where I I assemble toys. But a lot of times, you know, when those toys came, I. I kind of just threw those, you know, the instructions away. It's like, I, I don't need those, you know. And then you begin to put it together and, and uh, it would not work. How, yes, why, why is this not working? Why is this, this plastic thing that looks so simple, why can I not just shove this in this thing and it just click and everything work? It, it, and, and so then you have to get the directions out and then you're like, oh, okay, I'm an idiot. I should have used these directions before, you know. That's why it's not working. You know, and so, you know, we, we, my point in saying this is, is that, you know, even today, there's toys that are floating around my house that I'll look at the toy and I'm like, that sticker is on wrong. Like after all these years, I realize you didn't read the directions. You didn't know how to apply it to the, the toy. And now here you are realizing, oh, okay, it's on the toy wrong. How, I mean, do we live our lives that way, where it's like we know what, but we, we don't necessarily take the word of God, the instruction of the word of God, and apply it correctly to our situation, to our marriage, to, to our life, and so then we're just frustrated with ourselves, we're frustrated with life, we're saying, why is this not working? And so it's this how component of, of what it is that we do, this how component of our walk, this how component of, of how we live that is going to help us in, in our thinking, how we think. And, in, 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 and I believe that the Lord, if we will just open our heart and open our mind and say, Lord, I need you to help me to see how I'm thinking wrong how I need to think differently. Maybe it's in regards to your marriage. Maybe it's in regards to your business. Maybe it's in regards to leadership. Uh, you know. Maybe it's in regards to how you're raising your kids. You know, and, and he will absolutely reveal that to you. But if, if you are so dead set on your life and the way that you're living, I think sometimes we live our lives based on a thought that isn't necessarily correct. And so we just have to open up our, our, our life to him and say, man, my thinking, could be wrong it could be wrong it's it's kind of like this girl that was excited to go and meet uh, her boyfriend's parents and and just the family and and she was walking out the door and she realized that that her her black shoes were kind of scuffed up and so she grabbed a paper towel and she put some bacon grease on there and and wiped it on there just to kind of make them shiny and make them look good and so she goes off and she arrives at this at her boyfriend's uh, mom and dad's home and they have this poodle and this poodle man is just following her around all night long just loving her and just just like you know just loving this girl and so she gets to the end of the night and and they're all standing at the door getting ready to leave and the, the parents are like well you know our dog is a, a an amazing judge of character and we can see that, that 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 our dog loves you and so we love you and we think that you're amazing and so the problem is, is that they were basing their thought of this young girl that really they just met off of their dog, which was incorrect. It was basically the, the smell of bacon grease on her shoes. And, and so here they are making a judgment, making a decision, deciding the, the future of their son's life on something that wasn't even correct. And how often do we do that? How often do we do that in our lives where, where something that they thought was true wasn't true at all? And, and I think people allow, they allow that in their lives. They, they think something that's true that's not even true. And so, and so that's really kind of the, the, what I'm trying to get at today is maybe it's the main point, so to speak, in our lives where, where what is it that that you are thinking is true and it's not complete, it's not true at all. And so we're just going to look at it maybe it's maybe just a small adjustment maybe it's a big adjustment. I don't know. So so what we have to understand is 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 that number one our thoughts are Powerful. They're so powerful. Once, someone once said to watch your thoughts because they become your words. Watch your words because they become your actions. Watch your actions because they become your habits. Watch your habits because they become your character. Watch your character because it will become your destiny. And, and, and so when you think about that, it all started with the thought, the thought. And it's so powerful. They're, they're powerful. You know, in, in the book of Romans, Paul illustrated this point that thoughts are extremely powerful in Romans uh, 14 he was in a heated debate with some of the uh, uh, some people about the 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 meat and, and some of these Jews believed that the meat was tainted because it had been offered up to idols. And, and, and so there's this big debate going on and, and these people were just convinced that this meat was unfit to be used, unfit to be consumed because it had been offered to idols. And Paul's like, this is what he says here in Romans fourteen four. He says, I know and I am convinced as one in the Lord Jesus that nothing is forbidden or essentially unclean, but nonetheless, it is unclean to anyone who thinks it is unclean. And so what's really cool about this is, is, is that, that Paul, you know, he just told these people, he's like, listen, he's like, you know, if you think that it's unclean, don't eat it. But he's like, I don't think that it's unclean, and so I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. And so he, he, he was okay with it. But the point that I'm trying to make is is that they were living their life, they were living their life based on something that they thought was true. And, and, and so these people thought that this meat was tainted and, and Paul advised them not to eat because of the way that they thought. And so, you know, um, it was, these, it was these people's perception. They perceived that because of the use of the meat that, that, that it was unclean and unusable. So it was a perception or a, a reality. Uh, in other words, it's a per, their perception is their reality. Let me, let me explain to you, a little, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll help you understand this, okay? Um, that perception is a reality. I, I stood in a line last night in, in, a, in another state, I won't tell you what state that is, but, but you know, they are fans of a team that is far, far lower than any of the other teams that are in the nation. Yet they live in this, this perceived reality that they are still the greatest team ever. And I just stood there. I mean, they just like were mesmerized by their phones, mesmerized by every call, every, every play, every down, everything. I, I, and I just stood there and shook my head and I just wanted to, I wanted to turn around and say, they're not that great. <laughs> they're not that great. They're mediocre. But yet they live their lives as though they're great. It's this perceived reality. Now, listen, you guys are laughing, but I can go right on down the line, okay? Iowa, Iowa State, Nebraska. I mean, the Chiefs, they got the refs in their back pocket. I mean, I mean, there's a perceived reality going on. I'm just going to hit you all. One time I said this one Sunday... And I had people that were mad. They were upset when they left the church because I picked on their team. And I just wanted to, today, I'm saying it right now. Your reality about your team is your perceived reality. I think dad thinks I'm in trouble. Hey, at least we took up the offering, right? Listen, listen, listen. I love you guys. <laughs> and if you want to think that your team's the greatest, think that your team's the greatest, okay? I, I'm, just, I'm, ha- I'm just having fun. I'm trying to bring a correlation between these people that Paul was talking about where they thought something. It was like they, they just thought and, and we do the same thing, you know I mean, we can joke about our team, but, but here's the deal. Here is this, the real reality of it is. The real reality of it is, is that we can live our lives based on perceived reality. things that, that we grew up seeing, things that maybe our, our parents modeled, that are, they are reality to us, and we live the rest of our lives based off of what it is that we've seen and know and think. Is true, and so, so you know, I'm trying to help you guys to see, understand that maybe there is a reality that's in your life that's not true at all, and that it, it's something that the Lord just wants to help you to see, help you to change, help you to grow in, and. Uh, and so, you know, we have to understand that the, the, uh, you know, these people that Paul was talking to—that was their perceived reality. But the same is still true today in our lives. You know, if we think that we are not good enough, we're going to live a life where we're we're not good enough. If we think that we couldn't ever progress and get to a higher place maybe career you know career wise we're gonna it's gonna hold us it's gonna hold us in a place if we think uh, uh and look at our marriage and think you know this is the way it has been for decades it will never change I, I'm, I'm here today to tell you if that's the way you think if you think it'll never change it will never change if you think that your child you know, is a failure and never gonna to amount to anything and that's all you think and that's all you, you speak over their life, you're restricting their life. So so it's 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 so important that we understand that the same thing is still true today. How we think is is how our lives will be. You can take this to the most extreme extreme uh, cases and, and and many of you guys know this where, where when it comes to people's thinking, you know, we, we we see we see major health issues where people think that they're overweight, they think they're they're these things and they become anorexic. You know, because of the way that they're thinking. It's a perceived reality. And so we can never move beyond how we think and how we believe. I think about the the 10 spies and the uh, children of Israel. You know, how they thought their thinking, how they thought influenced generations to come. I mean, I, I would have been like, thank God I'm under 20 whew, I missed to dodge a bullet there because of these 10 spies that went in because of how they thought when they came back. They thought, we can't do this. There's no way. They're too big. And that was how they thought. And so it influenced them. And and so, you know, uh, Moses reminded the children and he, he, he tried to remind and remind and remind and it just didn't matter. Their thinking never changed and they never moved past the wilderness. And so, our thoughts are powerful. We must ensure that how we are thinking is founded on the word of God and his truth. And, and uh, you know, um, people are funny sometimes. Uh, you know, people can think that if they lose their job or they lose a home, they lose their own income, they lose it all. You guys have heard this before. People that lose stuff and they lose their life. They lose something that's, and they'll blame God. They'll say, well, I don't know, I don't understand that the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And they make a comment like that and if you're standing there and you don't know what the word of God says, you'll you'll come to the conclusion that, huh, well, they think that the Lord took this stuff from their life. And, and, And then you begin to assume that that's true. And if you never go to the word of God, you're basing it off of someone else's experience, someone else's you know, perceived reality that, well, I lost everything, so it must be you know, that God that took it from me. When in reality, we know in the word of God, in First Peter, it says that the devil steals, kills, and destroys, right? John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy, I come to give you life, and life more abundantly. But if you don't know those scriptures, You're living a a, a perceived reality based off of what someone else thinks. I mean, you know, I I went through this very thing because I grew up in this church and then I went off and I wasn't under mom and dad's uh, roof anymore and I went off to college and I was sitting in this class and everything that another man perceived to be true, he began to pour into me as a student. And I had to sit through this class and sit through this stuff and he, it, 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 It eroded what it was that I knew to be true. And I'm an analytical person. I am a a thinker. I am a type A personality. And that's like I analyze things to death. You can ask my dad or my mom or my my wife. It's like, good Lord, will you just make a decision already? (laughs) So as a thinker, when I sit in a classroom and I'm listening to a man who is telling me his perceived reality about God and who he is and what he does, and and, and, and it's not based upon the word of God and it's not based upon truth, it's based upon what it is that he thinks or what it is that he read in another book Guess what? I begin to chew on that, begin to work, work that and, you know, meditate on that and just, you know, roll it around on the inside of me. And the next thing you know, I'm questioning and I'm, I'm wondering and, and what ends up happening is, is his perceived reality becomes my perceived reality. And man, I, I guess I was thinking back to all that. I was like, man, I wonder how I, how I fixed that. Well, I know how I fixed it because I was, man, I was low, really, really low, just in my thinking and in my mental capacity and just, you know, just didn't feel good. I was failing uh, Spanish. It was a bad time, bad time. <laughs> you know, dad was writing the bill, writing the check, and I'm just like, I'm failing, you know. So I finally turned to the Lord, man. I, I got in this chair every single day and just began to read his word. You know, and, 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 you know, just washed my mind, washed my mind, washed my mind, washed my mind. And over the course of time, you know, my perceived reality became based upon his, his word, his truth, not another man. And I learned a very, very important lesson that you cannot base your, your faith, base your life, base how you live off of what someone else thinks. I don't care who they are you know it could be you know there listen I, I i even i stand here i'll share some things you know and and i i'll do my best to explain it as best i know how and and clearly but you know you guys are hearing some things and if if you don't have the per the the proper context You'll, you'll, you'll come to a conclusion, well, he said that, so it must be true. And so my point to you is, is that you gotta you got to go to the word of God, and you gotta look at it, and you gotta say, okay, Lord, is this line up? Is this true, is this right? Uh, uh, we were just uh, somewhere last night, and I actually texted my wife, I said, uh, she was upstairs, I was downstairs, that's how we communicate. <laughs> I live downstairs, she lives upstairs, no. Uh, but I was trying to use this as an illustration for today. But but I didn't want to misspeak. So I texted her and I said, Is that what that guy said? Because he was talking and, you know, he was talking about the things of God and he was you know, he was he's a person that influences people. And so I didn't want to use and I didn't want to misspeak. But my point in saying that is is I don't even really know what my point was. I just lost it, it's gone. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Let's go back to the notes. Your thoughts are powerful. That's what I mean. Um, That is so wild. Why did that just leave? I don't know, it'll come back. Okay, number two in your notes. (laughs) Let's contend for the truth. Let's contend for the faith, right? We gotta contend and look at the word of God and see how it applies to our life, amen? My my point was, (laughs) just came back. It's like a boomerang. I sent it out, I sent it out too far. (laughs) <laughs> it, can't tell. okay so uh, your perceived reality is it can't be your grandma's can't be your mom's can't be your wife's can't be your husband it can't be someone's close to you you can you know iron does sharpen iron but we you got to go to the word of God and get it for yourself you got to get it the the truth of his word for yourself and what I stand up here and say, or anybody that stands up here and says, it's it's good, you know? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> but it's important that you don't just like take it hook, line, and sinker, and not take it home and, and say, "Let's chew on this a little bit. Let's look at this. Let's consider this. Let's make sure that I heard him heard him correctly." And 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 the reality of it is, is that sometimes I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not going to speak correctly. So we can't live our lives. That's the point. We can't live our lives based upon everything that we hear. It's got to be measured by the Word of God. Amen. And so. Your thoughts are super powerful. So number two is, and we talked about this uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, so we won't spend a lot of time here, but there is a battle for truth. There's a battle for truth. You know, in Paul's day, many, many people believed that, that uh, they believed the lie, this lie that meat offered to idols was unclean. They believed it. And although today, truth concerning unclean meat, it's, you know, that you're, a lot of us are like, unclean meat? Man, I just, I just love a hamburger. I just love a steak, right? There's not anybody in here that's thinking to themselves, you know, that big giant ribeye that you have is unclean. No, throw that thing on the grill. Let's eat it, right? That's what we think, right? But when it comes to this battle for truth, today's culture is absolutely riddled with lies, I'm gonna go through a couple of them here. Many do not, listen to this, many people, many, this is Christians, many Christians do not believe in absolute truth. Do you know that? 75% of people that were asked this question, Christians, they were asked this, you know, out of, out of a couple thousand people that were, were asked, they were asked, do you believe in absolute truth? Only 75% believe that he was all powerful, all knowing, and the creator of the universe. So one out of four, twenty five percent described him differently, and they said and, and, what, and how they described him wasn 't even consistent with the word of god and so so we can see that that the culture is just it has lies, and people believe them, they think them, they live their life based upon them. another one that was that was really um, Startling was this one, that about half of Christians uh, who uh, believe, half of Christians believe that, uh, that the devil is a symbol of evil, a symbol. Like they don't even, they don't believe that he is real. They don't believe like we just got done talking about that he is roaming around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. They don't get that, they don't think that. But what's unfortunate is, is that man, he's got them hoodwinked, he's got them blinded, he's, he's eating their lunch each and every day. He's causing them to live at a very, very low standard. And so, so these, th- this culture is riddled with these lies and so there is an absolute battle for truth. Satan's blinded the minds of people and if he can blind you and get you to think it's not important, if he can get you to think that you don't need to do it, if he can get you to think, ah, that's just the Old Testament, if he can get you to think, ah, that died, you know, that that passed away with the apostles, what did he do? He's got you hoodwinked. He's got you right where he, he wants you. He got, he's got you in this corner where you just show up to church and you live your life just kind of going through the motions. Man, guys, it's so much bigger than that. It's it's so much greater than that, that, that You know, the enemy doesn't want us to be influencers. He doesn't want us to be leaders. He doesn't want us to be, you know, out and being the church in the world in which we live. He wants us to just, he's okay with us just knowing what the word of God says. He's okay with that. What he gets really nervous about is when we understand and we begin to appropriate and we begin to know how this works and we begin to operate and do just as James says in the word of God, we begin to walk into situations, we begin to agree in prayer, when we begin to pray for those that are sick, when we begin to you know encourage those, that's when he starts getting nervous. And I, and I gotta tell you, I, I really think that he'll use the smallest of, of lies, the smallest of things to just hem us in, just get us to, to kinda go over here and just kinda, just, just exist right here. Think this way, think this way, think this way and then you won't go anywhere, you won't do anything, I won't have to worry about you, I can move on down the line to the next believer and I'll, I'll tell him something different. I'll tell him something different and, you know, I, I couldn't find it, but there's an illustration, I can't remember who it was that used it, but there was these three demons that went to school. And they came back and they were meeting with Satan and they're like, and Satan wanted to know, you know, how they, would, how, they would, uh, uh, how they would operate. And the first guy's like, well, I would just tell him that, 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 um, that they're, no, they're no good, I'd just tell him that. Next one, he's like, I'd I just tell him that, that they, they'll never amount to anything. And then the third one, the, guys, the, the demon's like, well, I'll just tell him to just, just put it off. And, he, and, the, and the devil's looked at the last one, he's like, that right there, procrastination. Just getting you to put it off. You know, so for, for all of us, these lies that come to us, they come in, in many different forms, many different ways. For each of us, it's different, but it's just realizing, wait a minute, that's not true. That's a lie. Why am I living my, my life on that? And so I wanna look at here, uh, his devices. Second Corinthians 2.12 says it this way. It says, it says that we should not be ignorant of his devices. Don't be ignorant of how it is that he works, whether it's worry, whether it's reasoning. I shared about that, that class that I took in college. You know, for me, I'm an analytical type person. So I realized that, that in that context, he was using my reasoning to get me, to, to hold me up, to hold me back. A couple weeks ago, I shared about, you know, just the fear of, of, uh, of speaking. So at that time in my life, he used fear. You know, and so I think that all of us can go through maybe times in our lives where we can identify, wait, oh, I, I get it, okay. That was the device that he was using in this area of my life at that time. So we can't, we just, we have, can't be ignorant of those devices. Ephesians 4.27 says, this, don't give place to the devil. Don't give place to the devil. So we just have to be asking ourselves the question in any area of our lives. If, if things aren't working, if things aren't going right, that might be a good question to ask. Like, am I, am I doing something here? Am I giving him a place in my thought life? Maybe it's reasoning, maybe it's worry, maybe it's fear. Maybe it's in my love walk where I'm giving place to him and he says, ah, you don't need to walk in love with her. Just a thought, it's a device. So the next thing is, is that he's a liar. We looked at this too, so we'll just briefly uh, look at this. John eight forty four. It clearly, I, and I'm telling you this because, it, you know, when fifty percent of people don't believe in a literal devil, I think it's good for them to understand who we're dealing with, who the enemy is. It clearly identifies the enemy as a liar and the father of lies and of all things that are false. So it, we can measure. When we come in, when we're going through life, it's like if that's a lie, it's not of God, it's of the enemy. If it's false and it doesn't line up with the word of God, it's of the enemy, not of God. And so we understand that. And so. Uh, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen 14 says this, and no wonder for even Satan disguises himself as the angel of light. So we can understand, man, he's a deceiver, he's a liar, and he disguises himself. There's this, this spider called a Porsche spider. And this spider will, it looks like a leaf. And so what it'll do is it'll crawl onto another spider's uh, uh, web and it will, I thought this was so interesting it will tap on the web to make it make, a, make the tap or the, make the spider that, that weaved the web think it's a, a, a mosquito. And what's really amazing about this spider, they've studied it, I didn't study it, they studied it, that they, it'll tap until it figures out what makes that other spider respond. It, so it's learning what it needs to do in order to lure this spider out. And once it figures that out, Guess what? That spider comes out, thinking it's gonna have a, a mosquito for lunch, and it is the lunch, right? How many of us were the enemy, it's like we're walking strong, and we know the word of God, and we're resisting those lies, but what are the things in our lives where he's tapping, and he's trying to get our attention, He's trying, and, it, and one thing didn't work, and then the other thing didn't work, but what is the one thing in your life that is working? where he's tapping and you're responding, right? You're the victim spider and you're fixing to be lunch. He's a deceiver, right? And he is looking to disguise himself in the subtlest of ways, subtlest of ways. I mean, you know, marriage, how we respond, all of the, I mean, any area of our life, I think sometimes we're looking for a big red sign that, 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 that's, that's like, wow, that is the enemy at work in my life. No, man. He's subtle. He disguises himself. And so when in, our, in our daily walk and in what it is that we're doing in our jobs and how we work with clients and how we work with people and how we walk, you know, our marriage, man, we got to be careful. We got to be like, is this the enemy trying to lure me into something that is gonna cause me harm because he's disguising himself to deceive us. And so the, the, the other thing is is that he wants to build a stronghold. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says it this way. Um, it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. The pulling down of strongholds. You know, if you look at the, the definition of a stronghold, it's a fortress, it's an area dominated or occupied by a special group. When I read that, when I read this, a special group, I was thinking, how many of you guys have ever had like a special group of thoughts in your mind? That special group of thoughts that, you know they're not right, you know, they're, you know they're lies, but man, it's like the enemy has, is, is, what is he doing? He's trying to set up a stronghold in your life with a, a special little group of thoughts. And, and, but we have to understand that he's given us the weapons to destroy. He's given us the tools to destroy and to dismantle and to overcome these special things, these lies, these suggestions, these disguises that the enemy uses. And, and I mean to tell you, it's sad because, you know, sometimes we can see it happen in other people's lives. I had a friend years ago, he helped us. He helped us every single day. He'd come down here and, and help uh, uh, trim this building when we were building it. And uh, man, I just got to know this guy and uh, he was just, he's cool because he could build cool things and and he just rode a Harley and he did all kinds of cool stuff. I loved him, man. He was just a great guy, started coming to church, started getting involved and, uh but something happened, and that was is that he began to, every once in a while, he'd miss. He'd miss one, and then he'd miss two, and then he'd be gone for a while, and as a pastor, I'd be like, hey man, i call him up, like, hey man, are you okay? Everything, you know, doing good? You know, and so then he'd come back, and, and, uh, and then I'd take him out to lunch, and, and I'd talk to him, and, I, and he, he believed. He believed it as true. He's like, man, if I miss one Sunday, he said, when I come to church, I feel like everybody is judging me. And I was just like, man, that, that is the farthest thing from the truth. Like, people don't care. I mean, unfortunately, I wish that people did care. I wish that people could see you. I wish that they, they knew that you were missing and they loved you and they'd call you up and encourage you to come back. But can I tell you, a lot of people are really more concerned about their own life. They, did, they don't know if you came to church. They don't know that you missed two weeks. Now, I guess that's like a little mini lesson for y'all, right here, right now. Man, if there's people that you, that you know within our family, if you've seen them, if, if, man, if they've missed twice, you need to call them up and say, hey, everything okay, you doing okay? You know, encourage them. Don't, don't beat them down for missing. No, man, love them and say, hey, we, I, I noticed you, I love you, I care about you. Just wanna make sure everything's going okay. That's the body of Christ. Okay? But here here in this illustration, this man believed. He believed it. His reality was that, that and and what was so sad was is that that thinking caused him to drift further and further and further. It, it wasn't true. It was a perceived reality that but it caused him to drift further and further and further away from the church. And so we just have to understand that 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 you know we can look at this man's life and be like oh that's so sad but i can tell you that we as believers we can sit in these pews every single week and there's still be a tr- a stronghold in our thinking and so we just have to be like okay This is a stronghold, but man, I got everything I need to take care of this. I understand the devices. I understand that this is a grouping of thinking that I need to deal with, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to dismantle this thing, piece by piece. I'm gonna tear this thing down with the word of God. That's what he wants us to do. And so his goal for us, guys, and I talked about this here a little bit before, his goal for us is ineffectiveness. He does not want us to be effective. He doesn't want us to be effective servants, he doesn't want us to be effective givers, he doesn't want us to be effective influencers, he doesn't want us to be, you know, influencing the kingdom of God at all. So whatever he can cause us, how, you know, whatever he can do to cause us to think a certain way, that, that maybe you don't have what it takes. Maybe you can't do it. Maybe you question your ability to share with others. Maybe you're like, oh, I'm just not bold. Or, or, or I, I could never do this. Or maybe I, you, you think to yourself, I don't know the word enough. Guess what, guys? It's not about any of that. It's just about having the heart of the Heavenly Father and being like, I can see that that person needs Jesus. I can see that that person is hurting. And God, I'm asking you to help me. I may not know the whole scripture. I may not know the whole Bible. But man, I'm going to just wade into this and I'm going to love on this person. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to tell them what it is that I know. I did that years ago with a bunch of high school guys in a a hotel room. I didn't even know what I said, but guess what? Some guys' lives got changed, isn't that cool? It's like, he'll work, he'll use, the Holy Spirit will begin to work on people's lives and hearts if we'll just open up our mouths and just begin to speak and share and influence. But man, the enemy doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to just hold back He wants us to just resist. He wants us to live in our own little world, go to work, don't talk to anybody, get in our car, go home, grill a hamburger or a steak or whatever it is that you want, come to church on Wednesday, come to church on Sunday, and get around and do it all over again. And guess what? We never influenced anybody. I'll tell you what, as a staff and as a prayer team, we have been praying consistently for the people in this world that the enemy is blinding their eyes. We live in a county, 100 100 plus thousand people live in this county, you got Cass County, you got Page County, you got all these counties, and you got people that are blinded by the enemy. Now, we can live our own world, we can can drive the 15, 20, 30 miles that we drive back and forth to church and do our thing and never come into contact with them and never influence them, or we can change how we think, we can change how we see. And, And I think that that's the thing is, is that it's, it's greater than, these are just simple principles about thinking, but I don't want to think small. I don't want to think small. I don't want to think about just my little world. I want to think bigger. I want to think bigger than, than Oakland. I want to think bigger than Pottawatomie County. I want to think bigger than, than Southwest Iowa. And guess what? We all need to do that. We all need to think bigger. And so that's what this is all about, is changing the way and how we think. Because um, people are bound and they don't even know it. Believers, believers that that, that have walked away from, from Christ, they're sitting in homes today, they're working in garages, they're cooking lunch, and they're not even in a church. They're not, a part of the, they're not a part of a body of believers. They're not a part of a community because why? They're bound. They're bound by how they think and they don't even know it. There's people that, that don't even know God and they're far from him and they're bound and they don't even know it. And so it's up to us to share with them. It's up to us to reach them. Understand, understanding how to overcome. So how do we do this? How should we be thinking? How should we be operating? Look at what it says here. In... What is that first? Yeah, 2 Corinthians 10, five. Casting down arguments and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So we'll just stop right there. We're gonna cast down. What's it mean to cast down something? We cast it down. We get, you know, we, ex- we, 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 we see it coming in, we grab it and we realize this is not good and we cast it down. How many of you guys have ever bought a product at a, at a store And you get to working on something and you really really need that tool and it doesn't work. What do you do? You cast it down. It's worthless. Get it? I love tools. Birthday's in June if you guys want to buy me something. Going on here. (laughs) Bringing every thought into captivity. Every thought. Some of them. A few of them. The ones that are positive. All of them. Every single thought that comes into contact. It's like a catcher. If, you're, if, you're, if you've ever played baseball, it's like you're catching the baseball. And so every thought that comes to you, you're catching that thought, you're bringing it in and you're saying, okay, does this line up with the word of God? What is the life that is attached to the thought that's coming my way? And if it's not a good thought, Cast it down. Next thing goes on to say, verse six, and being ready to punish all disobedience when uh, your obedience is fulfilled. Can I tell you, ready to punish, ready to punish. Guess what? That's not a one-time thing. That's my mom, okay? I was a disobedient child. There were many times. She had to spank me many times. Why? Because I didn't, I, I wasn't doing what I needed to do, Right? So she had to discipline, discipline, discipline. And thank God I'm a perfect human being today. But anyway, <laughs> my point is this. The enemy is resilient, okay? He'll get, he, you know, and you, you can be think, sitting there thinking to yourself, yes, I got it. And you can walk out those doors and not have it. Because you gotta be just like, okay, I'm ready to punish this thing. There's that one, two, that grouping of thoughts that come to you. You know what you need to do? You need to write those suckers down and you're like, this right here? Anytime this stuff comes to me, it's, it's getting punished. It's getting cast down. It's getting, and, and, and then next to those thoughts, you need to find a verse of scripture that lines up and, and says the opposite. I got a whole list of them on the back of the page there that you pulled, picked up when you walked in the door just to help you. It's a starter, okay? so. Casting down and rejecting. How do we destroy strongholds? Real quick, renew your mind. We talked about this last week. Renew your mind. The way that you get rid of darkness is you turn on the light. You turn on the light, and the only way that you can turn on the light is by looking at the word of God. The light of God's word will flood your life. The light of God's word dispels the lies of the enemy. Listen to this. A few years ago, We had a, 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 we put on this camp, youth camp, and this guy's laying in bed and he feels something crawling on him. He's like, I don't, and so he turns on his light and there's nothing there. You guys ever been there? Every once in a while I have that feeling. You know, it's like, what is that feeling? You know, that's weird. That's a side note. So he feels it again. He turns on the light. Nothing. It's like, what is going on? So he's certain at this point there's something crawling in his bed. So, he feels it again, and he doesn't turn on the light. He grabs all of his bedding and throws it in a trash sack. He Takes that trash sack, grabs his flashlight, and he opens it up, and he looks inside, and it is crawling with bed bugs. (laughs) But guess what? The light dispelled those bugs. Now, they had to nearly burn the camp down just to get rid of them all. That's a side note, but the point is, is that when he's laying there in the bed and he turns on the light, the bugs go away. When he shine the light in the bag, those bugs, man, they're trying to find darkness. Same thing is true with the thoughts that are in our lives, that grouping of thoughts that, that the enemy is using, those lies that, he's, that he's, trying to, he's trying to restrict you. The light is what dispels it. The light of God's word is what dispels those thoughts. And so you might not feel like you're winning, but it's like, man, bless God, the light of God, the light of his truth is what's gonna dispel this. It's gonna dispel it, it's gonna dispel it, it's gonna dispel it. And, and, and you just have to believe that and continue to, to just to turn on the flashlight, turn on the flashlight to that thought. Nope, nope. This is what the scripture says. So, how Jesus gave us a great example, guys, of how we how we overcome, how we how we break these strongholds. Remember, you know, Pilate asked Jesus, "What is truth?" Jesus answered him. He said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." And and uh, when he prayed, he says the word, "His word is truth." Remember, Jesus in the wilderness. I don't want to read the whole thing. We'll just kind of hit the highlights here. Jesus was in the wilderness and he was being tempted by the devil. The devil used scripture against Jesus. So I mean guys, do you think that the devil's schemes have changed at all since Jesus walked the earth? No, they're the same thing. So he's going to use scripture, but look what he says here in verse 3. Said so the devil said to him, "If you are the son of man, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread." What did Jesus do? Jesus told him, "No, the scripture says, people do not live by bread alone. What's the next one? Can you forward on to the next one, verse seven? It says this in verse seven. Verse seven says, I will give it all to you if you will worship me. This is a devil saying a lie, just a thought. Hey, I'll give it all to you. Jesus replied, the scripture says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then there's one more, and we got that one here. Then one more slide. There it is. And they will hold you up in their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot against the stone. And Jesus responded, the scripture says, you must not test the Lord your God. So what we see here, guys, in closing is this. Jesus give us a great example. Man, when these thoughts come and the enemy's trying to lie to us and, and maybe we've believed him for a long time, we just need to do what Jesus said. No, 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 no. This is what the scripture says. Look, at, look right here, if you guys got your, sh- your things there. On the back, I think I prayed on them on the back. If you feel, if you believe today in your mind, that, that, that perceived reality that you have shame on your life, I'm here today to tell you there is no shame. He brings honor. Instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. Some of us sometimes feel flawed but guess what, his word tells us that we are flawless in 2 Thess- or 1 Thessalonians, may the God of peace make you holy in every single way. You're holy, you're perfect. Maybe you have no one, he called you friend. Maybe you feel like you've, been me- you, you've messed up, you've been justified, you've been made right. Maybe you feel condemned. Jesus says in Romans 8, one, there is no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Maybe you feel stuck in sin. He says in Romans 8 two that Jesus has set you free from sin. So what, what we need to do is, is we just have to, we have to go to his word. I mean, it's, it is so full. It's full. We just have to go to the word, find the scripture. It doesn't even have to be, like for me, I'm just gonna be a little transparent. I think sometimes it's like, it's just gotta be perfect or it doesn't work. Listen, his word is sharp. His word will divide. Any word that is in here will divide. I was reading Ephesians this week. Just read Ephesians one. Look at what it says. You're loved, you're chosen, you're adopted. You've been bought. He pours out his blessing on you. He showers you with kindness. He's re- he, you know, revealed to us. He chose us. He identifies with us. You've been purchased by him. I mean just one chapter is chocked full of promises about his word that you can find to fight and stand against the lies of the enemy. So I just encourage you today, man, go home. Don't let this, don't let this go because God wants to change our thinking. He wants to change how we're living, amen? So let's pray, let's just close in prayer. Father, we come before you today. I thank you for the word of God. Lord, it is, it is, It is what changes us. And God, I know today that you wanna change our thinking. You wanna change the way that we live. You wanna change us. And it's done by changing the way that we think. And so today, Father, as we leave this place, no matter how we feel, no matter what we have thought, God, I pray that you would just flood our hearts, flood our minds with the truth of your word, that we are accepted, that we are loved, that there is no condemnation, that we are forgiven, that you do have a great plan and purpose for our lives, Lord, I just thank you that you are helping us to see accurately what the truth of your word is. I thank you that you are breaking and dissolving and dispelling these perceived realities, Father, that have been maybe taking place for years and years and years. I thank you that your word is dispelling that in Jesus' name and we thank you, Father, for it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we would never wanna close a service without giving you an opportunity to get right with him. Listen, this is the most important thing that we do, folks. It's the most important thing that we do, is giving people an opportunity to come back to him, if they're far from him, to come back. And maybe you're a person and you are far, or maybe you're a person that you don't know him, this is the time. If you're that person and you say, Brian, I'm that person, I need to come back and get into right standing with him, just raise your hand and you can put it right back down and say, that's me. If there's anybody in here, just raise your hand. Anybody at all. How about, have you given your heart to Christ? Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? Say, Brian, I wanna know him as my Lord and Savior. If you're that person, just raise up your hand and say, Brian, I wanna know him. Anybody at all? Just put it up, put it back down. Thank you, Father. Well, Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Father, for what it is that you're doing in this earth. That, Father, we are carriers of your presence. We're we're carriers of you. We are the church. And so, Father God, we are going to be the church. We're gonna go out into this earth. We're going to influence. We're going to love. We're going to, to lead people to Christ, Father. We're gonna bring them back to this house. Make them a part of our family. We're gonna begin to disciple them, Father. From the north to the south to the east to the west, we're gonna go forth and be your church in this earth, in this time, Father. We thank you for giving us boldness and giving us the words to speak as we come into into these conversations. Lord, we won't draw back. No, no, we'll be bold. We'll step into those things. We'll do what you say. We'll reach those people that you want to reach for your glory. We thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Isn't God good? Yes, he's good. Well, hey, listen, as you.
1: How nervous are you right now? What? Very nervous. (laughs) They gave me a microphone.
0: I was like, whoa, Lord, 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 you're speaking audibly.
1: It's kind of like giving a pastor a microphone, you never give a lawyer a microphone. Okay. You want me to sit down? Uh, not again. No, you stand here with me. Okay. So, most of you know it's Pastor Appreciation Month, so I've been asked to share a few words. Oh. Now you get really nervous. Yeah.
0: Well, you're a good speaker, so we're well, good to go. I, I
1: don't know about that. <laughs> I could talk for hours about how much I'm thankful for you and Pastor Mike. I told myself I wasn't going to cry. Uh, but I can't yeah. look at you or I will yeah. too. <laughs> Uh, Church, I I love this man. I love this family. Pastor Mike, same for you. So I was thinking Mm -hmm. about what to say. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't coming to me. Mm -hmm. And this morning I was doing chores. And I was thinking, and it hit me. And it's awesome that you talked about the spies. Mm -hmm. So in 2019, my family moved to Iowa in May of 2019. Mm -hmm. No other reason other than God called us here. And... You know, we did the. We left the church we loved, left a lot of family. Mm-hmm. And we started praying about where we should go to church, and we hopped around a lot of good churches in the area. We settled on one that wasn't this church, and we thought we were locked in. And then May 2020 happened, mm-hmm. or March 2020, yeah. and yeah. we all we all know what happened yeah. in March. And I'm not going to talk bad about any churches. That's not my point, mm-hmm. but church after church after church in this area ran in fear, including churches in Texas mm-hmm. in, in the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. They closed their doors, mm-hmm. and they shut down, and they hid, mm-hmm. but one church didn't, mm-hmm. and that's this church. Mm-hmm. And there's only one reason, because the only fear in this two men is the fear of the Lord. And I got invited to this church by some members in the summer of 2020. And I recognized that these two men fear only one thing, Mm -hmm. and that's God. And I wanna thank you for that, Pastor Mike, Mm -hmm. Pastor Brian. Mm -hmm. And I wanna tell you, church, that we are lucky. We are blessed to have these two men as our pastor. Unfortunately, we live in a world where people run in fear. Churches, people inside the church run in fear. These two men don't do that. We're blessed. Mm -hmm. From the bottom of my heart, Mm -hmm. I want to thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Pastor Mike. Thank you, Pastor Brian, for everything you've done for my family Mm -hmm. and for all the families in this church. And these few words that I'm sharing never... (laughs) gonna measure up to how grateful this congregation is for both of you thank you so much yeah well we've got um a celebration out back really yeah so why don't you you and pastor mike take your lovely brides and get out back in congregation if you have a few minutes to stay around you know do better than i did up here thank these men for being such great pastors and you know you're dismissed thank you so much